This is Tim Whitmire. Welcome to the Liner Notes podcast with my guest, Chuck Price. Welcome, Chuck. Thanks, Tim. Glad to be here. Uh, we wanted to uh, to do this podcast because uh, Chuck is a good friend of mine, and for, what is it, uh, 19 years now, 18? 18 plus a half year, kind of. Okay. 18 and a half years now, he's been doing something known as the Xmas Mix, or the Christmas Mix, which is a uh, compilation of songs from the previous year that Chuck puts together and then hands out to friends and assorted loved ones and occasionally people you have mixed feelings about but want to give some music to anyway. Absolutely. And uh, um, and we thought that this year, normally Chuck writes liner notes on the CD sleeve that the uh, Xmas Mix is handed out in. And this year, he and I were talking and we spent a lot of time during the year talking about the Xmas mix, about how it's coming along, and we'll, we'll get into sort of some of that process stuff. But we said, you know what? Let's do a podcast about the Xmas mix this year, and let's let's do the liner notes through the podcast. So this is our attempt at that. Um, hopefully, uh, if you are a lover of the Xmas mix, you will find this interesting. If you are a member of F3 Nation, you might find it interesting, and we'll get into why that is. Uh, shortly, but um, really, this is a chance um, for Chuck and myself to sort of talk about this thing that we both love that he created um, and feel passionate about and, and get out to a wider audience. So I appreciate and his willingness to do that. Absolutely. And for us to talk music, which is something we do often yes. and like to do. Yes, absolutely. So and we will uh, maybe when we wrap this thing up, we'll uh, if you're interested in hearing us do more music talk, we can uh, let you sort of vote on that somehow or let us know that you'd like to hear more of these if, if you enjoy it. So that's sort of the setup. So uh, the first thing I wanted to ask you, Chuck, was to sort of tell the uh, tell the origin story of the Xmas Mix. The first one came out in 2001. Um, why did you put it together? So I have always been a mix maker. I was the guy back in middle school and high school who made mixtapes. I was kind of the John Cusack high fidelity yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah, I was that guy. Um, <laughs> so I made mixtapes um, both for myself and for friends and for girlfriends and for, you know, want to want to be my girl. I would like for you to be my girlfriend. <laughs> exactly. Um, That's the John Cusack. But it was, right? it was kind of became my thing. Yeah. Um, and I also, and this was, uh, you know, I kind of came about this naturally and honestly, I think, even before reading High Fidelity. But, like, I kind of learned, at least I thought there was kind of an ebb and flow to a good mixtape. Yeah. Um, there's a narrative so, arc. There's a narrative arc. That's a good way to put it. And um, and I always, and like I had friends who are kind of like, oh, I remember that one or this one. And I always kind of had, you know, what I thought, at least I thought were clever names for them. Um, and so then that moved into, and then I remember sometime in my late 20s, I went from mixtapes to I actually splurged on when they first came out of it, the re writable, recordable CDs. So you had, a, you had an early CD burner. I had an early CD burner. Okay. And this is back pre-iTunes, yep. back in the Napster days. Yep. And so I remember in 2001, um, I put, it was the year I got married, and I actually, we did a mixed CD as the kind of wedding gift for the wedding party. Uh. And that was kind of, you know, songs that were meaningful during the dating and courtship process and all that. But then I had kind of kept up. And I remember in like November, December, The Onion 
which has, you know, the online, the onion.com. They've got right. their AV club, and they'd put out their best of year end. Okay. And I remember I had a few songs that I knew on there, but I remember I listened to them all and downloaded them all. And then I was like, this is pretty interesting. So I kind of took a few from that and then added it to a few others and just made this mix. And I called it the Christmas mix, but the idea was it was all songs that came out that calendar year, so 2001, that I then burned. You know, that first year I probably burned 50, 75. I got a label maker and, you know, printed out these labels and hand, you know, all done with hand and love. Put the labels on them and put them in a thing and, and handed them out and then started putting them in Christmas cards. Mm-hmm. And it kind of became my thing. And then what was interesting, I, we, I actually got, like, some good feedback. And I had folks like, you know, man, I really appreciate this. And that was awesome. It, you know, it's been in my car for six months. And what's this song? What's that song? So I did it again. And as I kind of that second year is when I kind of started forming kind of the rules around it. Um, yeah, so let's, let's pause sure. there. I mean, what? First of all, I'm, and this would potentially be a rabbit hole. I, we don't need to dive down, but it, it it very much is of a piece with that sort of iTunes era, right? I mean, yes. when all of a sudden, album, you know, people thought albums were going to die, which they didn't end up doing, but it was all going to be about singles, and so this was almost a response to that in some ways, right? Here are the best songs of the year. Absolutely, and so especially that's such a good point when iTunes came out, kind of Napster world into iTunes. When I, I'm guilty of this, stopped buying albums, which I kind of look back and hate because I, I lost kind of touch with kind of the idea of the album. But I just started buying all these singles. And the great thing about it, though, is I could start sourcing more music and songs that I liked without having to spend a whole bunch of money. Yeah, you, you have to spend album. 20 bucks to buy the album like, to find I, out if I, there were any good songs other than the single. I, I didn't have to own you know, the whole Marcy's Playground CD because I thought Sex and Candy was a good song. Yeah, yeah. You know, but, yeah. you know, was the was the only song I liked on there and knew. But, um, but then what's interesting, so it, the other thought was I purposefully made it what I thought were the 20-ish, how many I could fit on the mix, were the 20-ish, what I thought were, quote-unquote, the best songs of the year, but not necessarily my favorite songs because if they were my favorite songs not everybody would like it it would probably sound pretty similar year after year so i tried to i tried to add some variety to it i purposefully tried to mix up the genres and 18 years later i still kind of stand by that no matter what kind of music you like unless you're like deep into you know um prog jazz or classical or i'll have to say it if you like modern country um none of that's going to be on here but it's basically got a pretty big indie rock folk um a little bit of country i try to throw in some more in the americana vein more in the americana vein i try to throw in some hip-hop if if a song pops out hip-hop rap yeah um mashups which could be a whole nother podcast in and of itself yeah um and then at the end of it, for most of the years, I've put a quote-unquote hidden, only in the sense that it was never on the liner notes, Christmas song, to actually make it a Christmas mix. And actually, I remember 2001 started out with Band-Aids, Do They Know It's Christmas. Ah, there we go. was the very first. I think that's right. Hang on. 
Um, We've got the list. Yep, it was Band-Aids, Do They Know It's Christmas. Um, Anyway, but that's kind of the origin of it. But I'll tell you... um, You, you, Let's go back to the rules. The rules. So, I mean, what are... You know, what are Chuck Price's rules for a good mixtape? Well, the rules technically, even though I've found kind of workarounds on a few years, are it has to be a song that was released that calendar year. So the 2018 mix is filled with 20 songs that came out in 2018. Um, There are a few mixes where I have had some older songs that have been either re-released or remastered or for whatever reason have like I honestly one of the mixes like two years ago started off with a Beatles song. Yes. But it was from a like nineteen sixty three, you know, it's LA Ed Col- Sullivan appearance. Well, it was like the LA Coliseum yeah. concert that was finally released digitally for the first time that year. It had, it had been out on albums, you know, yeah. for years. But anyway, so I'll admit I, I I've bent the rules a little bit to suit some songs. I think you put, a, I think you put an old Be Good Tanya's uh, right. song on there a couple of years ago right. too. That I just wanted to kind of shoehorn. Like there's yeah. a few Archers of Low songs that I've shoehorned on there, but that's really the main rule. Um, you know, I still kind of abide by my old school, you know, seventh grade mixtape of the ebb and flow. Yeah, so talk about that a little. I bit. try. Let's... I wanna. I wanna start off with kind of a announce your presence with authority, Nuclelouch rocker <laughs> and then i kind of go into you know two or three kind of up tempos and then the fourth or fifth song is usually something that changes goes down tempo in some way and then it ramps back up so there's kind of this sign graph mm-hmm. going through the christmas mix um i do try to front load it with some songs that i know i want people to hear but then I also try to save a few gems for the back end to make sure that people will make it through it. Yep. Um, you know, looking back, you know, when Tim said he wanted to do this, and I actually did the exercise of going and entering every mix into a spreadsheet, I do look back at like, holy cow, there's some songs that I actually can't believe made the mix. Yeah, so save that thought. Okay, we're we'll save that back thought. to that at the end. But those, those are the regrets. Rules. Those yeah. are the rules. And so yeah. I, I try to, I try to, I usually cut myself off around early, first week of December. Mm-hmm. Um, even though there's occasionally been a song that's come out later that I'm like, ah, I missed it. Um, but the thing that it's turned into is now I've got people who know and appreciate the mix who come, and I, and I like this, I need it, are sending me suggestions. But my first question is, my first question is always, did it come out this year? Yeah. And often they'll go, I don't know, let me check. Oh, no, it came out in 2015. And I'm like, ah, sorry, that, that doesn't work. Um, but I will tell you this, the reason 18 years later I keep doing this is for a handful of reasons. Um, even though it's become admittedly somewhat of a labor of love, yeah. it's, it's a chore, um, and I'll admit the liner notes became laborious, and that's why this year I was like, eh, I'll <laughs> we'll just, just do a podcast. We'll just do a podcast. <laughs> but um, the two things are, A, I don't know how many people there are, but there are people I know that like truly seem to genuinely expect it and appreciate it every year, which makes it all worth it. And then the second and probably more important reason for me personally is this is the only thing that makes me pay attention to new music. Mm. And the fact that I know that come December, I'm going to be expected there will be a quiz at the end. There'll of, be a quiz year, that, yeah. that I'm going to. So starting January 1st, yeah. I every Friday 
wake up, open up my iPad, go to iTunes, and start scrolling through new music. So that so the, that was going to be my next question was what what is the process of building it? Obviously, you take suggestions. I've been guilty of giving you a few yeah. myself. I, I was actually talking to a guy after lunch today, and uh, and he was saying, "Hey, he took one of my suggestions this year. He's, I'm so excited." Ah. I was like, "Man, I don't think he's taken one of my suggestions." Yet. Um, um, but uh, but that's neither here nor there. But but it is it literally like are you listening to everything on iTunes or do you generally have a filter before and you're like yeah I'm going to listen to that and then are you listening to every track on everything no, that comes that's out a, that's such a good point so what I'm doing is and the reason why I'm still while everybody's gone down Spotify and yeah. Pandora and Tidal and all that I, I'm still an iTunes guy one because I want to buy the songs because I need them in order to download them and burn them so what I do is literally on January 1st, I will make a new iTunes playlist that this January 1st will say 2019 Xmas Smith parentheses draft. And then what I'll do is I'll open up on every Friday morning and go through rock, alternative. I'll go through the genres. I'll look at what's come out. I'll look at what is the pre-release. And the great thing about iTunes is when you open up the album, They'll have the track listings, and they'll give you the popularity, so you can kind of see what the single is. Yep. Or if it's something that hasn't fully been released yet, they've only released what they want right. to be the single. So usually right. they're almost telling you, this is what we think the best song yep. is. Yep. So, But what I'll do is I'll, I'll listen to snippets. If it Sometimes it jumps right out. Sometimes I have to revisit. Um, some things will lead me into other things. Um, you'll see, you know, if we, if we went through kind of the ebb and flow of the 18 years, you'll see bands that lead into other bands, and yep. you'll see how I've gone. You know, I've had different periods in my life around, yep. you know, I've had my folk period and my country period and yep. my indie period. Um, so I just literally buy it, put it over into the, into the folder. So come December, I've probably got 150, 200 songs yep. in there that I will then start to cull and curate down to 20. Um, I actually, to be honest, I'll actually start doing that a little earlier yeah. and start moving the songs that I know I like up to the top of the list because I'll listen to the mix over and over again to see what really clicks and stays. So that's it. Okay. All right, so that I mean that's a that's a lot of hours to put into this thing. So and I think <laughs> labor of love, labor of love, and then um, give me a sense of sort of scale and and obviously I, you know my the way I came to this was through F three because I met you through F three, mm -hmm. um, and uh, and that's where I first became familiar with the the mix was probably about oh nine or, or ten would have been the first year. Um, F3 if you're listening to this if you know what F3 is great if not it's a men's workout group that Chuck and I both participate in here in Charlotte um, and that's gone kind of national um, but what? how has that scaled up the number of these that you produce every year? Um, you know it used to be I would just send them out really in Christmas cards and yeah. kind of friends and family then it you know, ironically, or interestingly, um, I'm my F3 name is Sweeper Boy, which Dread named me um, actually pre-official F3 um, back in the fall of 2010. And Sweeper Boy comes from a song off the, like, 2008 Christmas mix. The reggae song, right? No, it's Shampoo by Elvis Perkins and Deerland is the name of the band. Okay. It's actually Tony Perkins of Psycho Fame's oh my gosh. folk singing son. 
but okay. it's got a song. It has a reggae sound to well, it. Well, it's though, got a song, it? you know, with this kind of dirge acoustic guitar, okay. and then it breaks in, and the first line is sweep up, little sweeper boy, because who's got. Anyway, it stuck with Dread, and like most things that stick in Dread's head, we don't really know why, but he named me Sweeper Boy. Um, so there was that early connection on that. And then obviously through F3 and the relationships that I've developed through there with just, you know, tons and tons of great guys, you know, I started handing them out at the Christmas party. Yep. And at first it was kind of a stealth, you know, here you go, but it's hard to kind of do that in front of a group because other guys, what's that? What's that? I want one of those. I want one of those. And so now it's turned into like right now I'm still burning, but I'm a, I'm about to hit 200 okay. that I burned, and I finally went and splurged on a triple burner, um, <laughs> and I burned them off my Mac. Anyway, so I'm I could technically burn a handful at a time. Yeah. But you know, and I'm still I'm still printing out the labels and hand peeling them on there. It's an artisan production. It's an art. It is. And then every year, you know, if you guys have ever followed my Twitter feed. When I tweet out about it, um, every year we have quality control issues, and there's always a bad batch of uh, there's always a bad batch of CDs, which I only find out when somebody like in LA will email me and be like, "I got your Christmas card and my CD doesn't work," and I'm like, "How many are those?" (laughs) Then I gotta fire the person in charge of quality control and rejigger the assembly line. And anyway, there we go. All right, good stuff. Um, well, so let's dive into this year's mix, and then we'll, we'll circle back at the end and maybe do a little more. But what this is going to be a little bit of a lightning round format. And what I want to do, because in the past when you wrote the liner notes, you would usually include kind of one lyric quotation and kind of a little snippet about the yeah. band or, or the artist. Um, and I want to do kind of the same thing here, and except maybe just with the format of what was the one thing that grabbed you about this this particular song. So I'll, I'll sort of go through it, and it, it might be a lyric, but it might be a guitar riff or, or some other aspect of the song. Um, and we'll kind of do that and, uh, and see how that goes, and then we'll circle back and talk about a couple other things. Yeah. Cool? All right, so this year's uh, mix opens with, uh, with Buffalo Tom um, and the song All Be Gone. Well, Buffalo Tom is a band that's near and dear to Tim and me. Boston band that, you know, with Tim in college was probably at their peak. Um, and a band that I love and they, you know, we I thought they'd broken up. and I mean, they hadn't put an album out in probably 10 years. Um, and they came back out and with this one, and to be honest, interestingly, this is the lead off. And what I've learned out over the last few years, some of my lead off songs have actually been the first or second song I've discovered mm-hmm. that year. So I literally think this song actually was released early January. Yeah. So it was the top of the draft. and But it also worked because if when you all listen to the CD, it just kicks right into yep. it. And it's a perfect opener on that. And it's, in fact, the opener of the album. It's the well, opener so. of the album. Yeah. And there's actually a few other great songs. There's there like are. Roman Cars I thought about putting on there. I like uh, Freckles. Yeah. yeah I mean, it, it, but, but this one kicked and was like the perfect one to, to, to start open. off. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it's really it's really the, the boom. The it was the, yeah. That one. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, so then we go into Strand of Oaks uh, with, uh, with Passing Out. So Strand of Oaks is actually a guy named Timothy Showalter um, that I discovered through my man crush, if you're out there, John Strom, F3 product out of uh, Franklin, Tennessee, and I'm man enough to admit it. He's Raider's brother-in-law. But it's a long story and a whole nother podcast, but he used to be the guitarist in the Blake Babies and then the Lemonheads. And then he became a lawyer in Nashville, but he was kind of the indie lawyer to the stars of like Strand of Oaks, um, Alabama Shakes, Bonavere, all these bands that I love. But I started following him on Twitter. He's a fantastic Twitter feed, Twitter follow. And came across these bands that he was representing. And a few years ago found Strand of Oaks against this guy named Timothy Showalter. He doesn't sound anything, doesn't look like he sounds. Yeah. Like got brown hair, tatted up, goatee, down, you know, down his back. Looks more like a hippie. But he just puts out this amazingly melodic pop music and... He was on probably four years ago was the first time I put him on. And then he put two songs on. Um, he put two songs. I had two songs that I was trying to figure out for this one, but Passing Out just stuck yeah, What What me. is it about that one? Um, man, I got to think about that without, you know, and hopefully we can start putting in some clips on this. But uh, um, uh, he's got a fantastic high-end guitar, like high-end range with the guitar in this. Um, he's and he kind of double I think he double vocals all his stuff it's just a, okay. anyway it's good stuff We got uh, "Future Me Hates Me" by the Beths, which I, I will just say is an earworm, right? I mean, it, it just this gets is, in your head. This is the this is the best song on the mix. All right. So I'd never heard of the Beths until probably six months ago. I don't know how I came across them. I think it was really just connecting the dots on iTunes. They're I now big, they're a big Stephen Hyden band too. Though, yeah, which he was a rock critic that and, we both read a lot. And they uh, um, now they're all over XM. Yeah. Um, but "Future Me Hates Me." is one of these songs that has like four distinctive hooks in it. Um, that first melody, kind of the pre-chorus with the da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, and then the chorus itself, and then the almost, you know, Beach Boys-esque melodic background, and then the call and response outro. Mm -hmm. it, is, it is just pure pop indie pop perfection like go. it really is it's a and apparently they are touring with um death cab and coming in the spring to charlotte so gonna All try right. to go see him catch your tickets but like if there's one song to listen to yeah future hit future me hates me by the best Um, and 
then the next one is another one of your favorite bands for and multiple appearances on the Xmas mix, uh, the Hold Steady. I love the. I'm I'm in the bag for the Hold Steady, um, Brooklyn band originally from Minneapolis. They grew up loving the Replacements and Bruce Springsteen, and uh, um, Craig Finn, who's the lead singer, has this kind of sing-speak voice, and is probably one of the top three. I think top three or four songwriters. Like, like he's an amazing lyricist who kind of captures kind of teen angst and tells these stories. And the thing I love about this one, they haven't put out an album this year. They just put out a, yeah, bunch, just of put out a bunch of singles. Yeah. But this one, Confusion in the Marketplace, which one just bangs. Like it's, it's heavy on the low end, but he starts out with some of the best alliteration in lyrics that I've heard. Like the first like four lines in the lyrics are all like, you know, A alliteration, M alliteration, yeah. S alliteration, and just the way he flows it out. And then at the end, they bring in some horns, which they'd never used before. I think it's a trombone that just makes the tail end of the song. But yeah. And if, uh, if you're into the whole study at all, there is a podcast that just came out recently that is an interview, extended interview with the band over about five or six episodes about them making their album Stay Positive, oh, um, which is yeah. one of their great albums. It's so the that's the 10th year on Stay yeah, Positive. Yeah, so it was, I think, the 10 year anniversary. So that's if you're into the whole study, that's yeah. another, another one. Princess came to breakfast looking puffy from the present zone. Someone's little sister had me marching to the metronome. The Maharaji's on the mountain with a megaphone. Reaching for the secrets and the static on the stereo. Um, okay, so the next one, and this is this is a um this is a stereotypical uh, Xmas mix uh, thing. I like yep. to give you a hard time. First of all, bringing it down a little bit, but also um, there's always a country chanteuse yes. on the uh, Xmas mix. And this year it's Amanda Shires with Parking Lot Pirouette. Whether it's Casey Musgrave or, I mean, I can go through uh, Kathleen. God, what's Kathleen's last name? But every year, I probably, I've got a soft spot in my hot heart for the country of Chantou. So Amanda Shires is Jason Isbell's wife. She's part of the 400 unit, which is Jason Isbell's touring band. She plays fiddle. She looks like she's about 5'4", 100 pounds, and forgive me if I can go here, is beautiful. Drop dead gorgeous. Drop dead gorgeous, yeah. just hot as, and, and is a fantastic songwriter, singer on her own. And she put out this fantastic album yes. this year. Um, and, the, and the first single, Parking Lot Pirouette. Um, and again, it's, you know, it's country with a little bit of a folk, almost indie vibe to it. But if you saw her, you couldn't believe that this tiny little body is belting out, especially the chorus of this, where she yeah. just, you know, hits it. This one's got a little edge to it. It too. does, yeah. it does. And the whole album actually gets pretty dark. Yeah. And she's got almost like a little disco on it. She's got almost a little kind of Dolly Parton 
um, flair to it. Uh, it's actually, if we're just talking albums, hers is probably one of my top five favorite albums. Yeah, and that's called To the Sunset, to that the, album. Yes. And, um, and if you know Isbell, you know that he's a little dark himself, and yeah. so it just adds something to the outsider's view of, that must be a hell of a marriage. That, yeah. You know, she's, got, she's wrestling with some stuff, and he's wrestling with some stuff. And, yeah, uh, she saved him from a lot of his demons. Last year they put out um, the Nashville Sound, and um, If We Were Vampires, which was a duet between yes. Jason and Amanda, was voted um, Song of the Year. Yeah. by the Songwriter Association. It's just a crushingly beautiful get you right there song. Yeah. So moving on from there, uh, and this is a, now has become one of your favorite bands yes. over the last couple of years, uh, Car Seat Headrest with Bodies. So Car Seat Headrest is actually one, I still call I, him I a, guess I call him a band. But no, it's, but yeah. really, it's like one kid. <laughs> and, um, he, and, and he's a kid. And is it Will Oldham? No, what's his name? Shoot. But he's like 24 now, and this is like his 10th album. And he calls it Car Seat Headrest because he used to record all this music in his basement and then he'd go and sit in the back seat of like his Honda Accord for the acoustics and would sing into the back of the car of the headrest in front of him. <laughs> so it's called car seat headrest. But this kid is so frighteningly amazing and I'll admit I, I dabbled into it uh, about two years ago when he when he put out um yeah, what was his it last was the album? album with Trunk Drivers, Killer yeah, Whales on Which it. was yeah. just a fantastic yeah. album. And then my oldest Ella, who's now fifteen has fallen in love with them and occasionally the other byproduct of the christmas mix is it makes my kids still think their dad's kind of cool um so the fact that ella and i can share this together is pretty special to me and actually last september she and i drove up to asheville and saw car seat at the orange peel it was an all-ages show I would say the average age was probably 18 to 20. I was probably <laughs> one of the oldest in there. Yeah. Uh, you know, Elle and I kind of moved down front as much as we could, and it was hands down the best concert I've seen in probably five years. Awesome. It was unreal. And this kid is just a fan. Like, literally, I would say right now, I think the four best songwriters. This kid, yep. Isbell, Eric Bachman, and Craig Finn are my four out there working today. I might go Casey Musgraves in there too. And Casey Musgraves, just a spectacular yeah. songwriter. Um, but but if you go listen to any Carsey Headrest, he just kind of captures kind of teen angst in this clever, funny way, and he rocks. Yeah, like in this yep. bodies is a. Don't you realize that our bodies can fall apart at any. Time, so, and yeah. Yeah. 
All right. Um, next up is uh, the former frontman of Gaslight Anthem, Brian Fallon. He put out a solo album this year, very um, kind of British soul uh, heavy. Yeah, and and the song is uh, Forget Me Not. So Brian Fallon, Gaslight at Anthem are these New Jersey punks yeah. that grew up loving Springsteen. So there's they they kind of write like go listen to Blue Jeans and White T-shirts. Springsteen could have or should have or the Fifty Nine Sound. The Fifty Nine Sound is probably one of the best albums of the century. Yeah, and they uh, um and it's stuff that like e- like the boss has even come out and played live with them because yeah. I think he realizes these guys are doing what I did. Yeah, um and so Brian Fallon is a fantastic songwriter in and of himself, put out yeah. a solo album. This one is just this kind of very sweet but upbeat kind of dirge to like, if I died, would you still remember me? Um, it's interesting, my son Charlie, who's 10, it's his favorite song. He can mm. sing all the words to it. Um, but uh, I'd say Gaslight's probably had two or three songs on the Christmas mix. It's ba- yeah. This is Fallon's second one behind Steve McQueen from two or three years ago. So, uh, and then we got Belly with Shiny One. I, I know nothing about okay, Belly. Okay, so Belly. This is totally new to me. So Belly's back. Belly's kind of like a, um, Belly's kind of like Buffalo Tom. Yep. They not Belly's Belly was a b- big indie band back yeah. in the '90s. Ta- Tanya Donnelly was another one. She and Julianne Hatfield were kind of my Winona writers of the indie music scene. Just yeah, don't this, get him going down the Julianne Hatfield. Um, just got a massive. Uh, um, massive crush on all of them but time but you guys will probably remember like feed the tree and now they'll sleep and geppetto those were kind of the hits for belly um but they put out another album which i was excited like it'd been 10 years and this one's just kind of a wall of sound they're they're just music the musicianship on this is impressive as far as kind of indie rock goes next band i want to call lucifer but it's lucero lucero so they are as you know lunch pale alt country um there's a band out of raleigh we love and we played with a few times called american aquarium you know six of one half dozen of another with lucero um the thing i love about this one is the song is for the lonely for the lonely ones and it's he's got this sounds like he smoked three packs a day for the last 10 years um, growl to his voice. The thing I love is they go into verse, chorus, verse, chorus, and then when they start kind of rocking it, there's this low rock sax, and I usually hate rock sax. 
as a buddy of mine and, and as Mike Ferguson and uh, the Ball Squires talks about hating rock sacks. Um, it's one of those 80s things. It's one of those know, 80s things, but they've got it. this low, it sounds like it's a, it's a baritone sax versus an alto sax and just this low one sax note that they hold out for like, it sounds like five, six measures and it just <laughs> makes the song. Love Language uh, is next with a song called New Amsterdam. Another triangle band. Okay. Um, probably one of the bigger bands to come out of the triangle being, for those of you who don't know, but, um, you know, Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill. Um, and they have got some pretty big indie cred and indie chops. To be honest, I had never really listened to them much except for when the Archers of Loaf reunited about seven or eight years ago. They did a surprise show at the Cat's Cradle in Chapel Hill and open for the love language. Ah, okay. um, and so that's when I first discovered them. This is, a fan, this is a fantastic album with just kind of this interesting indie, again, kind of wall of sound that just kind of blasts you back when once this kind of opening drum beat piano kicks in. Speaking of uh, indie indie girl crushes uh, of Chuck's, uh, Nico Case um, put out an album this year, and uh, Halls of Sarah is the next song. So Nico Case is an angel that has fallen <laughs> to this earth and has possibly the most beautiful voice I've heard in all of what I'd call pop music. A childless widow of a nation You cry like guns across the water Yet we expect you to bring springtime. It isn't fair. Searchlights with her. She is a natural, probably indie pop, alt country ish genre. She was part of the New Pornographers, which was this fantastic yeah. kind of Canadian supergroup back in the night in the early aughts um, that put out some fantastic albums, and they've probably made the Christmas mix four or five times. And she was the female voice on that. She, um, she's put out a handful of just unreal solo albums. She's gotten a little more um, dark, I would say. And this is a pretty dark song. Um, and she arranges things more and more kind of a classical ballad way. 
Um, she will do things with almost a waltz timing as well. But this one's a dark song that at the end of it just kind of kicks in. But again, she could sing the phone book and I would sit there and rapt attention. She's, she's kind of, this album, I mean, she's basically lived Amy Winehouse's life, yeah. but she got the, to your point, the voice, I never thought that much, like Amy Winehouse never did that much for me voice-wise, but Nico but, Case, uh, yeah. 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 Um, and then uh, a song called Love You So Bad by Ezra Furman. Who is Ezra Furman? Uh, you know, I don't know. You don't know. <laughs> um, Ezra Furman is a young indie guy. I forget what band he was in before. Um, this is one where I was bouncing around either on iTunes or through some podcasts or um, somehow and came across him, came across this song, and it just clicked. And to be honest, this is the only song I know of by Ezra Furman, but it was enough that it, as I kept calling the mix down, this one kept making the top 20, and there it is. There it is. I love you so Best bad. Best song by an Ezra since uh, Good by Better Than Ezra better back than Ezra. in the late who 90s. I will, who I will go to the mat for. Yeah, I'll, I'll ride for that song. That's one of the great songs of the 90s. You know I love you so bad. All right, uh, Snail Mail, uh, Pristine. Tell us about so Snail Mail. So Snail Mail, if I understand correctly, and this comes from Russ Tysinger, who's uh, in Balsa Gliders with us. and yeah, shot We're going to have note. to circle back and explain to people who the Balsa um, Gliders shot are. Shot back a note saying, have you checked out Snail Mail? And the thing that I was fascinated about is this is this woman, I want to say girl, because she's like 19, and basically I think is playing almost every instrument on the album. And then when you listen to this song, Pristine, and listen to her and realize that she was like 19 when she wrote this, you know, it, it is, she is preternaturally talented. Just to know, like, to be honest, to know, it's almost reminds me of Goodwill Hunting when the professor says, you know, I have a hard time going through life knowing that there's somebody like you out there yeah. with, like, your intellect when I think I'm so smart. Like, whenever I think about, like, my love for music or whenever we're trying to write songs, like, when I think about, like, this girl's 19 and car, writing. Or the car seat headrest kiss. Or, or whatever, the car seat yeah. headrest kiss. Like, like, this is true, like, I believe, God-given, like, you can teach yourself a lot, but a lot of it is just you got it, and she's got it. Okay, and that's something I, I want to circle back to that when we're when we're done going through the uh, the mix because there's a, a theme there I want to pick up on. Um, next song is by a, a mainstay of the uh, the Christmas mix, uh, Frank Turner. Ah, yeah. now this is actually Charlie's second favorite song. He loves him yeah. some some Frank Turner. I took with a, him, with a little political tinge. With a little it. political tinge, I took Frank. I took Charlie C. Frank Turner for his first concert last last September, I think. 
um, at the Fillmore. But Frank Turner is a former, he's from London. He's a former punk, um, was kind of in some hardcore punk there's bands. Some, and there's some miles on those There's tires. some miles on. He's got the sleeve of tatted up. I'm pretty sure he's in recovery. Yeah. Um, but he's become a pretty, what I call, sensitive singer-songwriter but still with this punk edge and a clever edge to him. And he writes some really cool, you know, Recovery was the kickoff on the Christmas mix five or six years ago. From Tape Deck Heart. From Tape Deck Dark. Another great album. Fantastic album. This one is called, the album's called Be More Kind. It's definitely a, a commentary on kind of the political world we're living in. And this one, 1933, is about as overtly political as it is because I think he's saying... The chorus is basically saying it looks like it could be 1933 again and a great line about, you know, if I were the greatest generation, I'd be pissed. <laughs> I'd look at my grandkids and say, we already we already did this. Yeah. Um, and then the great chorus line is, and I found myself saying this to people, um, is um, don't mistake the dawn for your house burning down. Um, and then uh, Happiness Jones. Happiness. So this is this is one you know kind of back up up tempo yeah, after. And, um, and this after is probably the like this is probably the only band on the album that if you went to iTunes would be classified under country. Okay. Even though I feel like this one's more kind of alt country or soul country, but this is just a fun. The Wood Brothers, they're a country act. This was just a fun song. Um, and the Go team with Mayday. Yeah, so the Go team has with an actually, exclamation point in there. Yes, after the Go, the Go, the Go team. Yes, they've actually snuck on about this is the third or fourth Christmas mix they've been on. They are this kind of weird collective from London, and it's kind of one of these DJ based things where they bring in, and it sounds like if a marching band with cheerleaders were trying to play indie dance music. <laughs> and all their songs are kind of infectiously upbeat Very and kind peppy. of get you going. Yep. And, and some of them literally do sound like they're doing cheers. Um, and every time, like every time they put something out, I'll always go find the best song on it. Yeah. Um, and so then, so that's sort of the the big the big peak toward the yeah. end of the album, and then we start coming down a little bit. This is I'm not a big Death Cab guy, and, yeah. and you and I have talked about this a little bit, but uh, but you are, and they've been on a number of times. So what, tell us yeah. about this year's Death Cab. I, I'm a Death Cab groupie only because of really Jason McGurr, who's their drummer, who is this just unreal. He's a drummer's drummer. You know, not many people know him, but he's he's unreal. 
Um, and so that's really my fandom of them, even though Death Cab's probably got like seven or eight just fantastic songs. And this is their third or fourth song on the Christmas mix, but this is the single off the new one. To be honest, I didn't listen to much of the rest of the album, so this one jumped out. That's called Gold Rush. Um, and then we're, we're getting toward the end of the mix here. Um, we got a song called uh, Peach by Slow Thrust. Yeah, I, I didn't know if it was Slow Thrust or Sloth Thrust. <laughs> or Slot Thrust yeah, or something. Um, but they actually jumped out because I used to watch this uh, sitcom, not really sitcom, but a show on FX called You're the Worst. Yep. And the uh, um, the theme song was called 7.15 a.m. and I or 7.30 a.m. And I... Uh, um, Went and looked that up and realized it was slow thrust and looked them up. And it's interesting, the lead singer is actually female, but she's got this alto voice that mm. makes you wonder um, if it's female or male. And this is another one that just just jumped out at me. Silly sandbox, stupid scarecrow, jack-o'-lantern, chupacabra. Um, and then you like to occasionally throw a genre curve here or there. Last year we had a Jay-Z song yep. on the mix. Uh, this year uh, the, the, the quote closer is uh, Frank Ocean. It's Frank Ocean, who I came across through reviews because he's critically acclaimed and yeah. Steve Hayden Hayden loves him, but also Ella, my my daughter, is a big Frank Ocean fan. We were literally listening to him in the car today. And as far as kind of R&B, soul, he's not really hip-hop, but he's yeah. just got this indie ethic on that appeals to me on the way he does things. And this was just a cool pseudo cover. I was going to say, is it a straight cover of it's the song Moon really. River? He, he, okay. he makes it his own okay. in a way. kind of an homage which and you know you and i we, we've had separate conversations about that like if you're going to cover something don't cover it like weezer covered africa Ugh. and do basically exactly the same song like yeah. put put a new spin on it yes like the ataris with uh, boys of summer or something like yes. that we're all chasing after us chasing after And then uh, the the closer this year is not. I was giving you a hard time about this uh, earlier this week, but not specifically a Christmas song. But it's um, and it's also not available on the Spotify version yeah. of the Christmas mix. 
um, which we will talk about in a moment, but it's called Night Train, and it's by Spooky Jay. So Spooky Jay is one of my best friends in my life, but uh, we grew up together in Asheville. His name's Eric Johnson. He is an unreal musician. He was the guitarist in an indie band in the 90s and 2000s called Archers of Loaf, which had, um, they were more critically acclaimed than commercially successful, but now there are tons of indie bands like Band of Horses and other folks that pretty much say, if not for the Archers, we wouldn't be here. Spooky is actually a lawyer in Asheville now, but he makes music in his basement all on his computer and with various things. The reason I put this on here is because, A, it's a fantastic song. It's an instrumental. Spooky kind of dabbles in kind of ambient. There's no lyrics. Um, I'm amazed at what he does. But um, his beloved dog, Lucille, who he called Night Train, who he'd had for about 10 years, she was just this beautiful pit bull, who was truly the love of his life, um, got hit by a car about three months ago. And and Eric took it hard, and we took it hard for him because it was like losing a family member. And he sent me this song and said, I wrote this for for Lucy, for Lucille, gotcha. called Night Train. And I said, you know, one, it's a beautiful song. Two, it's a good sentiment. And also, I lost Frank this year, yep. the dachshund, at yep. age 17. Um, and so this is really for Spooky, but really for Lucy. For Frank and, yeah. and, and for Frank and for as Frank. well. So that's the mix. All right, that's the mix. Um, I want to circle back on one thing we talked about, which was uh, the balsa gliders you referred to. And uh, my memory, first time I remember Spooky being on, uh, was he did a remix of a balsa glider song, I believe, a few years ago. Um, And uh, and tell us a little bit about the balsa gliders. That's the band that you're in. Um, The long story short is uh, three guys in D.C. who were friends through college um, started a band called the Balsa Gliders 20 years ago and put out in just a self-produced indie album. And then um, one moved to Mongolia, and then they got a new drummer and put out two or three more albums, and then that guy moved, and then it's become kind of a collective. And I'm now the third drummer, but I've been the drummer for, I guess, the last 10 years on probably You're four the longest five hours. I'm the longest. I'm the, I'm the drummer right now. It's not Spinal tapish like no... No yeah. combustion, spontaneous combustion or freak gardening accidents. But we, we th- four guys live in Raleigh. I live here in Charlotte. We've got one guy in D.C. We claim to be the most overeducated band in America. I'm the only band member that does not have a doctorate, Ph.D., <laughs> M.D., or J.D., but I'm just the drummer. 
Um, and the bassist is an Episcopal priest. The bassist is an Episcopal priest. Um, and we uh, we do this because we love it, and we write and play original music that some people seem to like and enjoy. And we play four or five so- four or five shows every year, mainly in the southeast, but we'll go up to D.C. and Philly or down as far as Charleston and put out an album two or three years and and put it out there and. It's yeah. it's our musical outlet. Yeah, yeah. And I I I, I mean I'm everybody knows I'm a big fan and and one of the things I love is same same very similar theme to what I see with you know you take a band like Buffalo Tom that was you know this is probably their best album since Sleepy mm-hmm. Eyed back in '94 yeah. '95 back yeah. when we were kids um, and I love seeing these bands that particularly in this day and age where so much more about touring um, and you don't you know you don't have to have that that uh, record company contract to be able to keep making albums and so there's a lot of these bands out there that are making albums in the middle age and becomes this sort of reflection of the life the evolution of their life there's a the line at the beginning of all be gone as you know pull the boat out of the water miss my son miss my daughter yeah you know there there's that sense of regret and um one of the things I really enjoy about what you guys do what Buffalo Tom does and some of the other bands on here too is that sense of it's not just about, and there's some incredibly talented young people on, on some of these songs as well, but that, you know, there's a musical life story being told here as well. And, and that's one of the things I really appreciate about the way you put this together is you've got a lot of artists on here who, uh, who are really telling a life story through, uh, through music. And, uh, you know, the, the line that gets me on that <clears throat> Buffalo Long song is like, you know, seems like I was a, just a kid not so long ago. So many arrivals, so many lows. Now my time behind is greater than my time ahead. Yeah. yeah. And then so, uh, um, so, it t- so it looks like the mist of clouds, but they're all anyway. But, yeah, Tim, it's partly part of it is I love to revisit this yeah. nostalgia of Buffalo Tom, Belly, <laughs> yeah, um, I think you had Soul Asylum on like, yeah, last Soul, year. I was yeah. like, I didn't even know those guys were still um, alive. But then also, you know, there are bands on here that are truly brand new to yep. me. Yeah, the Beths, um, Ezra Furman, Snail Mail. Yeah, um, I try my heart. You know, I, during the course of categorizing all this, I realized you know there's some that have been on here a dozen times. Yep. There's some just once. There's some that will probably never be on it ever again. Um, but that's it. So speaking of the uh, the balsa gliders, um, and and you know you were talking earlier about sort of the rules of making a mixtape. I mean, you guys literally wrote a song about making making a mixtape. So it gets a little meta, but off your last album called Twenty Seven Songs. Yeah. So talk about that for um, a second. So Charles Marshall, who is our songwriter and lead singer, um, F three guys know him as Wendell G up in Raleigh. Um, he wrote a fantastic song on our last album, National Television is the album, um, available on any, on the finer streaming platforms. Yep, yep. iTunes, uh, uh, Spotify. If you buy it, we'll figure out how to split 67 cents six ways. <laughs> um, but 27 songs is just this. He captured the idea of a mixtape that you're giving to a girl that you're trying – or actually in this case, so I think basically she – anyway – it, it, don't, it, yeah, don't give the story. I don't want to give it away, but it. But he named checks. You know, he named checks. Uh, uh, Echo and the Bunny Men and yeah. Bell Sebastian, and the whole thing's kind of based on a Whiskey Town song, and 
Anyway, and the it, University of Pennsylvania and, comes uh, in there yeah, somehow. And it's, and, but he just captures kind of the the flow, like we were talking about, the ebb and flow of a, and which songs like he 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 basically name checks this song that's basically saying we we just need to be friends, and that's kind of the point of the mixtape and kind of the messages that you were trying to send back in the day with the mixtape, mm-hmm. and that's why it's just a fantastic song, Eric. Yeah, and and actually maybe a good way to close is what. Um, to turn it on you and ask you, I mean, what what's what's the message you want to send with this uh, this particular mixtape? Um, this was a good year. You know, it's funny when when I look back at the last eighteen years plus the ten year B sides mix, which is makes it the nineteenth mix, and we we're can, gonna have to do a whole podcast yeah. on that one. <laughs> um, you know, I look back and kind of joke that almost like wine, some vintages are better than others. And I look back and there's some years that I look back and be like, and that year was just so-so. I thought this was a good year. And the thing I love about it is kind of the mix of the old and new. Um, Again, like we said, Buffalo Tom and the Holt Steadies and and kind of folks that I've always loved. And then this new stuff. And again, like I'll close with my whole goal on this is to really try to give something to somebody that hopefully they don't know these songs and that they'll come away no matter what you like, unless it's modern country, you're going to like a song on here. That's my goal. So I'm not, I'm not going to volunteer you to burn CDs for everybody out there who hears this and decides they want to pass it along to a friend and get them a CD. But if you want to go on Spotify um, and find this minus the Spooky J song, yep. where, where can you find it? Well, I've got the link and I'm, and I'm starting to send it out because, and again, it's a whole nother podcast probably, but I'm still, while I consider myself to be a fairly technologically with it, slightly ahead of the curve guy, I'm somewhat of a Luddite when it comes to this because I want to hang on to, last year I made the mix and I remember I handed it to Daniel Cunningham, Boone, <laughs> and he nicely took it, looked at it and handed it right back to me. And I was like, what? He was like, I have literally zero way to play this. And I was like, you don't have a CD player? You use it as a coaster? You have a CD player in your car? He's like, nope. And your computer? Nope. Your laptop? Nope. And I realized this was this year has been probably the beginning of the tipping point for me because I want to be able to hand this to you because of the time, effort, energy, and love that I put in it. Like we said, it's an artisan product. It's an, it's, it, it's an artisan. It's, it's artisanal. But I realize some people are like, I got nothing send me the Spotify link. And so I'm starting to do that this year. But the problem is, is every year there's at least a song, if not multiple songs, which you won't find on any streaming services. So that's my debate that I'm going to have to figure out. All right. Well, uh, Chuck, I, uh, I really, really appreciate you taking the time to, uh, to do this. Uh, those of you all who are listening, uh, hopefully uh, you found it interesting and enjoyable. Uh, we probably went a little longer than we intended to. We may cut it down a little bit. Um, we'll see about that. But, um, but one thing I would say is um, if you, uh, if you want to hear more of this kind of stuff, Chuck and I have a, a million uh, different musical stuff where musical topics we're interested in talking about. Um, if you like this, you want to hear more of it, you'd like to see us uh, talk a little bit more about music, have suggestions for topics you'd like to hear us discuss, um, reach out to us. Uh, Chuck, what, what are you on Twitter at these days? Um, and because if nothing else, we have 17 previous Christmas mixes we could go Yeah, through. that's true. That's true. Yeah, we could, we'd talk about the, the Christmas mix <laughs> yeah. as well. But uh, look up Chuck on, on Twitter, figure out how to get a hold of us through the F3 website, um, and just let us know if you'd like to hear more, and uh, we would be more than happy to sit around and talk about music. 
Was it time of coming and going? A time of wanting but not really knowing. We took the boat out of.